0: good morning again and uh, uh it's good to be back here with y'all we were absent last weekend and uh, uh enjoyed our little uh, little time away and uh for our wedding anniversary so uh thank y'all for that thank brother adam for being here and being able to uh so ably fill in and do what he does so well so uh trust that you'll pray for us and uh, the time of service this morning. Over, over many many uh, months of time, or, or several months now, we've been talking about uh, two-letter word that we find, or two letter, two words that we find. There we go. Two words that we find in the scripture, and that's uh, the words "take heed." Uh, and there's a lot of things that have been that we've talked about, we've looked at a lot of scriptures related to that. Uh, things that we should be taking heed to. Uh, and I think take heed for uh, the Charles Kitchens Dictionary, I guess, just simply means pay attention. Be, be on guard. Uh, be think, thinking about these things and, uh, and pay attention to them. If we're taking heed to the warning signs along the, along the highway, uh, we'll be looking out for danger and trouble. Sometimes it's, uh, it tells us many of, the, many of the scriptures that we've looked at over the last number of months uh, have said a couple of different things. One... Take heed to yourself. <laughs> uh, you know, we, you know, we are our own biggest enemies sometimes. We are our biggest problems sometimes, and so he tells us, "Take heed to yourself. <laughs> Pay attention to the things you're doing." Uh, And I think uh, while a lot of this started, we looked at some things over in Hebrews and uh, in Timothy, which would be Paul's writings. Then we went back into the Old Testament, looked at some things in Exodus and Deuteronomy. uh, And all those in Exodus and Deuteronomy just about were saying, take heed to yourselves. Take take heed to what you're doing. Now, then there was other cautions along with that about what they were to take heed to themselves about. Uh, But uh, sometimes one of our biggest cautions is Take heed to yourself. And I, what I was going to say originally was, that reminds me of, of the admonition of Jesus in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, talking about, he says, you know, take heed to the, uh, to the uh, moat in your eye, not the moat in uh, the, the, the log in the other person's eye or whatever. He right. says, you know, get the speck out of your eye before you start trying to help these other people. And I think that could be a summary of some things that you think about. When he says, take heed to yourselves. You know, we all want to take heed to everybody else. (laughs) You know, uh, I want to pay attention to what you're doing and the problem you got, instead of paying attention to my problems and my troubles and the things I need to be correcting about myself. So, anyway, that's uh, that's a a little brief summary, I guess, some things we've talked about, and uh, as we've talked about over a number of months, one of the one of the other things that it mentions, of course, is take heed to what you hear, take heed to your tongue. Uh, Paul, uh, the psalmist David in Psalm 39 said, "Take heed to thy ways," uh, and, and in the ways he was talking about his tongue, so that he would guard what he would say. Uh, we're to guard what we say, guard what we hear, uh, and then uh, uh, and so forth. So this morning, I would like to turn over to First Corinthians. Uh, there's, uh, I don't know how much of this I will cover. Uh, this morning, but we're gonna gonna start looking at some things in First Corinthians chapter three, uh, and go and go from there. Uh, and there's some other places we'll try to go if the Lord would bless us to get that far. But uh, uh, in in First Corinthians chapter three, and and you know, to, if I was to give the summary of uh, of the the book of First Corinthians, you know, you you look at the church the church at Corinth, uh, which is I have I have at least heard it said from time to time. In spite of all the problems that the church at Corinth had when the Apostle Paul wrote them, he wrote to the church at Corinth. Uh, so they they were still a church, still considered to be God's people, God's church, even though they had a lot of problems there. And in uh, in the first few chapters, part of what he starts out with with uh, discussing with them uh, is the fact that you know. They were, they were all kind of choosing up sides, and some were saying they were followers of, of Paul, some of them were followers of Peter, some of them were followers of Apollos, uh, and some of them were followers of Christ, and, and Paul's having to come in and kind of uh, correct them and address that point uh, and that 's where, we'll, where we'll, we will begin, I guess, as we start talking about you know in fact, earlier in this letter in this letter in the, in the first chapter, the apostle Paul said he thanked God he didn 't baptize any of them because of the way they were acting and the way they were doing, so uh, pretty strong condemnation when you think about it that Paul would go as far as saying i 'm glad i didn 't baptize a one of y'all at all except for the house of chloe uh, you know I'm glad i 'm glad we didn 't have you know that uh, there's not more of this and and I think you're just trying to get their attention to the things that they're fussing and fighting about and arguing about and trying to go back and and get them on the right path uh, of the things they need to be following so he says uh, In chapter 3, and I'm going to read, just read down to the verse that I want to get to. You'll recognize it when we get there. He says, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as babes in Christ. Uh, You know, Paul says they have gotten so carnally minded... Uh, that he can't even speak to them almost in a spiritual way I could not speak to you as unto spiritual I've got to kind of hit you across the head with a stick and get your attention uh, because you've gotten so carnally minded that I can't even speak to you spiritually he says I fed you with milk and not with meat. In other words, I've given you the simple things. I've given you the basic things. I haven't gone on to mighty, mighty, and weightier things. Uh, uh, for hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. I mean, uh, and I think this goes back to a, to a whole thing for, for all of us this morning when we think about our walk with our walk with the Lord. Uh, the question, the question, one of the questions we ought to be asking ourselves. Uh, you know, weekly, monthly, yearly, maybe, you know, especially yearly. uh, If you think about, you know, have I grown in Christ this year? Am, am I, have I grown up a little bit more in him? Have I, have I furthered my walk with the Lord? And, and if, we have, if you haven't furthered your walk with the Lord in some way, some respect, some aspect, if you're still needing, Paul's coming to these people. I don't know how many years it's been since he first established the church at Corinth and helped get things going there. But in all these years there, he says, I'm still having to give you the milk. You haven't moved," he said. "I I fed you with milk because you weren't able to take the meat, the the stronger, the weightier things." And he says, "And even now, I'm still having to do the same thing." And so, I think that's a question for us as as a as a as an individual, as a church body. Uh, Are are we growing? Are we staying the same? Are we backing up? Uh, Are we moving forward in our service to the Lord? I think, especially individually, as followers of Christ and believers in Christ we need to be asking ourselves, are we growing? Are, are we, uh, can I, am I curious enough, <coughs> uh, or am I curious enough about God's Word that I want to know more about Him and about His His teachings this year than I knew last year? And I think that's a good question for all of us Uh You know, individually, you know, to to be asking ourselves, am I growing and do I have a desire to grow? Uh, As as my mind so focused on carnal things that I'm not focused on the spiritual things and growing spiritually in Christ. Now, this this is not... uh, one of those times when I say, this is not my subject this morning, but uh, it makes a good time to maybe stop and pause again and go back. Uh, when I was, uh, while I was out in Arkansas uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had to a preacher's meeting out there and uh, there's a group of us. It's not a big group. Uh, you know, they're more welcome, but you know, sometimes people just don't want to come. There's All kinds of reasons for that. anyway, we'll... um, But we get together and we usually set a topic every year. Uh, The preachers uh, take on various, you know, sometimes assignments, if you want to call it that, or sometimes volunteer for certain things and get up and speak to their fellow preachers about that and hopefully it's a way of stirring up our pure minds i'll tell you uh it's just like you know in a sense it's like us having a meeting here you know and uh and somebody coming in and preaching to us and it stirs us up spiritually and, and i think that's the way it is for me and going to this meeting out there is it stirs me up spiritually and the fellowship is good and for for about 48 hours uh, you know, or more while I'm there with Him. My mind is on the things of God's Word. I'm, I'm gathered together with men of God. I'm gathered together with others that have a desire uh, to learn more about the Scriptures and to grow in these things. And it just makes for a good couple of days, you know, that you feel more spiritual during that time than you might feel day to day with all the things that all of us face. And I'm, I fully recognize the, the, tri- the challenges of life uh, you know, I'm, I sit out here and look, at, look across at my family or at Brother Todd or the others that might be here, and I think, you know, the challenges of, of raising a family. Uh, you say, how can I stay spiritually minded when I'm mostly focused on a lot of carnal issues every day uh, and, and facing that? Well, uh, there's a spiritual component to that too, and I hope... Uh, our young families recognize that, that uh, there's a spiritual component of, of bringing up children and so forth. But anyway, uh, to, to get back to where my mind, my mind was at, at least first initially going, uh, you know, the, the kingdom of God uh, and, and the Bible talks about this. That's, that was my topic out there this week and something I preached to you about for a number of weeks and months uh, back some time ago. Is what is the kingdom of God? Where is the kingdom of God? How, you know, how do you enter into the kingdom of God? And, and so forth. And, and the Bible tells us... Uh... Paul came uh, Jesus came uh, John the Baptist came preaching the kingdom of heaven is at hand, Jesus Christ came preaching the kingdom of heaven is at hand. the apostles were sent forth preaching the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and so forth, and the kingdom was there, my friends, because the king was there uh, but in uh, in John chapter seventeen uh, and eighteen maybe uh, that where Jesus was facing the time of of going to the cross and being uh, uh, being uh, uh, crucified uh, Pilate asked him, "Art thou the king of the Jews? And of course in Jesus' response, you know, thou sayest and so forth. Uh, and, uh, and he said, you know, he just wanted to know and Jesus says, if, uh, if, and then he looks at Pilate and says, if my kingdom were of this world, then would my disciples fight? And he let, he let, he let Pilate clearly know, my kingdom is not a worldly kingdom. In other words, it's not, it doesn't have established borders. Uh, It doesn't have, uh, you know, uh, its borders are worldwide. Uh, Its borders are extended to heaven. Its borders extend beyond this world. Uh, My kingdom is not of this world. If it was a worldly kingdom, it may be it's in the world, but not of the world. Okay, does that make sense? Uh, it 's in the world, but it 's not of the world it 's not a worldly kingdom, therefore they they don 't fight with swords and and bombs and and uh, tanks and so forth that 's not the fight there to fight it 's a it 's a spiritual kingdom it 's a kingdom that you enter into. God is spirit. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Uh, When we gather together here on a a Sunday morning uh, we're to to lay aside (coughs) some of our carnal thoughts for just a little while our natural thinking and say I want to be more spiritual. Why? Because my God is a spirit. I want to worship my God in spirit and in truth. I want to draw close to Him on this Sunday morning. I want to feel near to Him. Uh, My kingdom is not a, a worldly kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. Uh, therefore, when you hear Paul say something like, uh, "I have fed you with the milk and not meat; hitherto you were not able to bear it. Huh? Why, for ye are yet carnal." <laughs> Their problem was they were carnally minded and not spiritually minded. Uh, for ye are yet carnal. Uh, uh, and it, so, what are the examples? How do I know you're carnal? For whereas there is among you envy, strife, division, are you not carnal and walk as men? <laughs> he says, "Here's the evidence that you're carnally minded. There's envy. Everybody wants to be like. Uh, I want what you got, and I envy what you have, and somebody else has." Uh, and he says, uh, "There's a uh, strife. There's arguing, fighting, and so forth among you. Uh, there's divisions. Uh, are you not carnal? <laughs> that, I mean, that, that was that was Paul's writing to them." You're acting carnally, not spiritually. And he says, for while one saith... And then here's his next evidence. Here's their division. For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? That was to not be their focus. Uh, uh, I've I've said this, you know, over... You know, I stop and pause sometimes and realize uh, that as far as getting up and making efforts to preach... I've probably been doing I've probably been doing this consistently more for about thirty four years, uh, been ordained for nearly thirty years and and you realize over time you've said a lot of stuff, okay? You said a lot of stuff. some of it you probably wish you hadn't said. Uh, some of it you wish you could take back. Uh, some of it to, uh, but on a lot of subjects in a lot of areas you say, you know well, I've covered that in times gone by. Uh, but have I covered it lately? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm getting old. <laughs> now, now, and uh, so you say, well, I don't remember this. But it, the point being here, Paul says, uh, uh, you're carnally minded. Why? How do I know this? There's envy, strife, and division among you. Here's some of your division. You've got one saith, I am Paul, and another says, I am Apollos. Are you not carnal? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you are not to be following me. You're not to be following brother Adam. You're not to be following some man. We're here to follow Jesus Christ our Lord. Don't be saying, I'm of Apollos. Conversation that Brother Adam and I haven't had maybe lately uh, uh, But probably will be having uh, at some point in time uh, uh, We shouldn't even really be saying uh, I'm a, I'm a Primitive Baptist in some, to some extent I'm going to say uh, uh, If we go to identifying ourselves more with a denomination I've heard this You've heard this I've heard Primitive Baptists preach from the stand Well we're just Who are we? Uh uh, am I of Apollos, or am I of Paul, or am I of Jesus Christ? And and, and when we when we set our focus in saying that more often, uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be more who we should be. Uh, uh, is there reasons we identify with a group called the Primitive Baptists? Yes, there's reasons for that uh, uh, There's biblical, re- well, I said biblical? Uh, there's scriptural reasons that I could go into and we could talk about and say That's just why we identify with this group of folks But I'm not to be standing up here and preaching somehow That the Primitive Baptists are some great and wonderful something Jesus Christ is who's wonderful He's, you know why he's wonderful? He's my Savior. <laughs> Paul was just a man. Apollos was just a man. And he goes on and says, uh, One saith, I am a Paul. Another saith, I am Apollos.' Are ye not carnal? He says, you're getting into the carnal thinking, the carnal ways. Um, and he says, I have planted. Paul says, who's... Uh, Paul, Paul could have, you know, in some ways could have bragged, I guess you could say. Paul was a church planter. Paul went about starting churches. He'd go to one community into another community. Uh, and he'd, he'd dive in over here. He'd go somewhere uh, and they'd run him out of town. Uh, they'd try to stone him. Uh, they'd try to beat him. Uh, they'd chase him all around. And, and the next thing and I loved our study in Acts back a few years ago. We'd go back. Uh, Paul would go through all these cities and they'd run him out, chase him out, beat him, stone him. Paul said, I need to go check on the welfare of the churches. So he went back to the very same places. They had stoned him, beat him, and chased him. and kicked him out. He went right back in there again. He didn't let them run him off. He didn't let him... He said, I'm going to do what God called me to do. You can beat me. You can stone me. You can do whatever you want to to me. Uh, You know, you think about... I think about this sometimes. Uh... Even as as we talked about, and I, and I didn't say this earlier, uh, but but I'm I'm so glad to see uh, Sister Kim, Brother Tim here this morning. You know, and they come back and visit uh, uh, and with their with their family, and and we miss her mama, you know, which passed away a few weeks ago. Uh, but I, but I'll tell you, I'm to an age and to a point where I stop and think about it every now and then and say, you know what death's not that bad of a thing, you know. Uh, I get to go home and see my Lord. Uh, I get to go home and be with Him. Uh, I get to go where uh, the Lord has called me and wants me to be one of these days. Now, I'm not going to go out and hurry it up, okay? I'm not not planning on rushing it in any way. But I'm saying, it's not a bad deal, you know. I get to go home and be with Him. Uh, And so uh, Paul, I think, probably had the attitude... Beat me, stone me, do whatever you want to with me. I'm going to serve my God, uh, and I'll tell you, uh, children, uh, uh, young folks, young old folks, let them beat you up. And say, well, I go to I go to church. I get up and go to church on Sunday mornings. I, I love Jesus Christ. I follow after Him. Let them beat you up. Who cares? You're standing up for the thing that, you, that God has called you to do. Paul says, and now I, I say, and typically today they don't stone us and beat us like they did Paul. They were actually stoning and beating Paul. Man, you don't face that. So what? You get a little persecution along the way. It's a big deal. Have at it. Make fun of me. Do whatever you want to. I'm not deserting my Lord because when he went to the cross, he didn't deny me. And I was. I'm not, and you're not, worth standing up for. But Jesus Christ stood up for us anyway because He loved us. And because the Father gave us to Him. And because He was said, I'll take it and I'll do it and I'll do it. What you call me to do, Father, I'm going to do that. I'll tell you, and he, didn't, he didn't miss a beat. He didn't miss a mark. And so if I get a little persecution here in this life, so What? So what? Paul says, "Beat me, stone me, do what you will to me. If you kill me, I'm going home to be with him. Right? And so uh, uh, he says, I planted. Apollos watered. I was a, I'm a church planter. Uh, I planted. Apollos came, Apollos came behind me. And man, he tried to set to get those seeds, the right conditions. He put the water on there and tried to get it where it would grow and come up. And you know what? The whole purpose of getting it to co- watering it and getting it to come up? So it would bear fruit. <laughs> that's, that's what you want a plant to do. You want a plant to come up and bear fruit. God wants us uh, planted uh, and, and watered. And uh, as he goes on to say, uh, I planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Uh, our job, my job, one of my jobs, <laughs> one of my jobs is to, is to sow the seeds. Uh, maybe maybe brother Adam comes along and waters them. <laughs> maybe sometimes he plants and sometimes I come along and water them. Okay, uh, but the whole purpose of of preaching the gospel—go back to the parable of the sower and the seed—the whole purpose of the gospel was for it to bring forth fruit in our lives. God wants to see us bearing fruit. Well, what kind of fruit, Brother Charles? He wants us to be bearing the fruits of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, mercy, uh, uh, and so forth. Those things listed over there in, in, in Galatians 5. He wants us to see, see us bearing that and letting our light shine out here in this old world. An old dark and dull world that we live in. He, that's, that's what he wants. And so he says, uh, Paul says, I have planted, Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. Okay, that's what I wanted to get back to and mention this. You know, our job is to sow and water and so forth. But you know what? God's. You know, and I'm not saying when I say this, I want y'all to follow what I'm saying. Okay, and and I I rub my head a little bit when I when I get like when I get like uh, okay. I want to make sure you understand this. I'm not saying uh, uh, that uh, that I sow. Adam waters Adam s- sows at I water, and all you have to do is just sit back and do nothing because God's going to give the increase. That is not what I'm saying now I'm saying when when you see the blessings of these things and I think when pa- what Paul was trying to say is from his standpoint, I've got no control over it. I, I I do it and what I, what I'm praying for and expecting and hoping for is God's going to bless it to come forth right That's our job uh, whether it's here, whether it's Africa uh, whether it's Arkansas you know, uh, Sorry, brother Gary uh, yeah what, wherever it might be uh, you know even in Arkansas uh, you know it's like uh, our job is to go and to preach and to sow and to water and so forth and look to God to bless it. God's the one, God's the one that, uh, you know, you think about, think, think back to the seed example, okay? You know, the farmers, uh, Brother J.D.'s used to farm, you know, so he, would, he would get out there and he'd plow that ground up. He would plant that seed and he had, he didn't just do it willy-nilly, okay? Uh, uh, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, he didn't say, well... December, it's a pretty day, or November. No, let's just use November. November, pretty day. I think I'll get out there and plow and sow some seed today uh, and look for an increase. No, you had to kind of wait to the right time of the year, otherwise it's going to freeze and die in the ground, okay? So you can't be willy-nilly about all this kind of stuff. you got to use the sense God gave you about what you're doing, right? But he also knew that even if, when you do it in the spring of the year, it's got to rain at the right time. You got to have the right kind of warm nights the, the, if, the, if, the, if the weather gets a little too cool in there, uh, I've, I'm I've ne- okay, for all those that, uh, of you that knew this anyway, I've never been a farmer, but I grew up in farm country, and I've seen people plant cotton and plant it in the spring and get too much rain. and when it started coming up, There'd be one over here and one over there and a few over here and a few over there because it got too wet and the seed rotted in the ground and maybe it was too cool and it didn't come up right. It's got to have the right conditions, okay? So Paul's, Paul is saying, I think, what I, my interpretation of what Paul is saying is that I sow, I, I plant, apollos waters but god's the one that blesses the right ingredients to be there at the right time to make it grow now uh, that is to not take away your responsibility and my responsibility to say that when we receive it it's to fall on good ground our uh our job is to take the, the the earth that god has given us and properly prepare it to receive the seed When you come here on Sunday morning, uh, there's going to be some seeding done and there's going to be some watering done. Are you prepared for it? Have you prepared yourself to come to the house of God and say, you know what? Uh, I'm going to the house of God this morning. Brother Charles, Brother Adam, they're going to get up and they're going to sow some seed. Uh, Am I ready to receive it? Or am I going to say, well, I heard what he said, but I'd pick you like that this morning. You know? Okay. I mean, are you ready to receive it or not? Uh, can we take it and say, sometimes the Word of God needs to humble me uh, and, and not be so proud and so arrogant. I, I receive God's Word. I enter into His kingdom humbly. <laughs> poor in spirit. Uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. For what? Theirs is the kingdom of God. <clears throat> Stop and let that just sink in for a minute. If, if we're going to enjoy the blessings of God's kingdom, we've got to humble ourselves like a little child to enter into it. And we've got to be poor in spirit. In other words, we've got to not be so proud and arrogant about ourselves. Then, we can, then we're in a position where we can enter into God's kingdom. And I want to make sure I'm clear about this. It's a spiritual kingdom. I'm not saying it's all 100% The church. Uh, i can see people entering into the kingdom that aren't in the church uh i can see people humbling themselves they don't even know why uh but they're entering in why because god has touched them in their heart now do, you know like do they intersect sometimes yeah uh sometimes the kingdom and the church all intersect but it doesn't mean it's a hundred percent here and that this, or that it's only here anyway that's another preaching back to the back to the Oh, well, that would be back to the kingdom again. Make a movie about that. Uh, so he says, uh, uh, you know, we, we preach about these things. Paul says, I planted a polished water. God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Paul, Paul said, you're not to be worshiping the preacher because the preacher should be doing just what God has called him to do. Don't don't him put him up on too high of a pedestal. Uh, don't magnify him too much. If you felt blessed when you heard the preaching of God's Word, who are you to praise? You're to praise God. Thank you, God, for blessing that man to have these thoughts, to bring them forth, to teach them in such a way that I can understand them. Uh, to be able to touch my heart with the preaching of your Word. Thank you, Lord, because you're the one that's causing it to increase in my life. The the message stirred me up so much this week that I wanted to go and hear some more preaching. I wanted to read God's word and I wanted to try to put it into practice on the job and at school and at home. I it it stirred me up to say, man, this is what I want to do. God is the one giving the increase. God's Holy Spirit is the one that's working in your heart and and causing this to stir this up in you. So he says, he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward. According to his own labor. Now, I think that's both talking about uh, that, that can be both talking about us that are receiving the the word of God and the watering, and it also can be talking about the preacher. There's uh, there's some things he says uh, uh, for <clears throat> he that planteth, he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. So you know what? Uh, there's probably, and I, I think what he part of what he's trying to say here is he says, you know what? Uh, a lot of what's going to be the result of my ministry is going to be how much labor I put into it. How much study, how much time, how much effort. Uh, also, uh, it's also when you receive the Word, it's going to be according to how much you labor. Uh, how much effort do you put into it? Uh, the reward's going to be how much you labor, whether it's me, me doing the preaching or whether it's you doing the receiving. How much you put into it's going to be an a, a important factor. Uh, Of whether or not it brings forth much fruit For we are laborers together with God Ye are God's husbandry He says the ministry Our job is to work together Uh, Our job is not to be fighting each other our job is to labor together and work together. Paul, whether it's Paul or whether it's Apollos or whether it's Cephas or whoever it might be, he's, our job is to work together. We're laborers together with God. And I think that's important. You know, sometimes you, I, I run across words, but I like to stop and pause and say, we're laborers together with God. <laughs> we're, not to, we're, not to be, we're not here laboring against God, and we're not here laboring without God. We're laboring with God. Our work and our effort is all about Him. Again, back to back to the focal point. Uh, the reason, I, the reason I, I paused this morning, you know, and uh, I recognize our songs for the most part. Uh, well, even even you know, a song like 181, titled "23rd Psalm," it very closely reflects the sentiment. Of the twenty-third psalm, but it's not the tw- it, But it's not the twenty-third psalm set to music. Right. Exa- okay, uh, but part of our worship service here on a Sunday morning, pay attention to the words in the songs. Amen. Read them. Think about uh, just like you read a scripture. And I'm not saying all these men. I'm not saying every song you read is inspired of God. Some of them. Some of them, unfortunately, even in our songbook, you know, is 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 against the Word of God. Probably, probably doesn't speak like God's Word speaks about things. Okay, but anyway, uh, but as you're singing songs, read the words. Ashamed of Jesus, sooner far, let midnight be ashamed uh, to own a star. Mid, at midnight, whenever things is darkest, uh, he said, "You see the stars shining so bri- brilliantly." He said, "If we're ashamed of Jesus, he said, it would be like midnight being ashamed of that star up there that's shining so bright." Think about that when you read the songs. Read the words to it. Think about what you're singing. It helps you be in a worshipful attitude when you're here. That's what it's not to be about carnally. It's to be about spiritually. Well, I've gone all over it, haven't I? He says, For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. uh, If you think about this, he goes on and further into this, and we might get to some of this this morning, uh, because uh, he he tells us over in 1 Corinthians 8, to, to take heed to the liberty that you have in Christ. In other words, how you, how you use the, the grace of God that's been, in, been blessed in your life. But he says, you're God's building. You're God's temple. Christ dwells in you. God, the Holy Spirit, dwells in you. You are the temple of God. Uh, the whole, one of the whole pictures of the Old Testament was that, Christ, that God himself came and dwelled in the temple with them and they worshipped him in the temple. Then he comes over to the New Testament and says, you're the temple of God uh, and God dwelling in you. The picture of the Old Testament was that God came down and dwelt with men. Uh, the picture that he the, the further development of the picture in the New Testament is as a born again child of God, Christ is dwelling in you. You are the temple. You're the place, uh, the worship is to take place inside of you. You're to worship God uh, in spirit and in truth. Do we gather together to do that corporally, if you want to call it uh, here together as a, as a group? Yes. But, I, but our worship has to be, I've got to be worshiping, right? I, I, my, jo- my job is to worship. Some uh, uh, Talking to someone the other day, you know, and talking about, you know, said, have you ever been to a meeting and you look around and some people there were rejoicing? Right. <clears throat> but you didn't feel like rejoicing. Maybe they were entering into the kingdom that day and you were sitting there trying to figure out was the kingdom even there or not. Okay? Uh, and so, you know... Uh, it's our job to come here and say, I'm coming to worship God. I'm coming to worship Jesus Christ, my Lord. So he tells us, we're laborers together with God. Ye God's husbandry. Husbandry, uh, you know, think about animal husbandry, uh, plant husbandry. You're, you're God's, you're God's uh, plant. You're God's uh, uh, little sheep. Uh, and our job is to be bringing forth fruit. Uh, Here in this land So he says then he goes on and gives the other example He says you're God's husbandry Ye are God's building According to the grace of God Which is given unto me As a wise master builder I've laid the foundation What is the foundation? The foundation is Jesus Christ our Lord Uh, I've, I've I've given you the milk of God's word That's what he's coming back and saying in a different way I've laid the foundation your job, uh, let's go on. He says, for the grace of, according to the grace of God, uh, which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation. Let's let's pause here for a moment. As a wise master builder, what did I do first? I laid the foundation. Uh, the wise master builder doesn't go out and, and say, well, you know what? I feel like building walls today as a first event. Maybe, you know what, I think I'll build a roof. I like roofs. I think I'll just build the roof today. No, the job of the master builder is to start with the foundation. Uh, and the foundation, he goes on to tell us, is Jesus Christ. Uh, that is the foundation. Build off of that. Start with that. As God's little children, our job is to say, you know what, I want to make sure, and, and Brother Adams has been going through the book of Matthew for how long, Brother Adam? Uh, two and a half years wow you know what he's doing he's laying a good foundation of what did Jesus Christ teach are you getting it are you getting what he's saying? Are you getting all the examples that he's laid out for us there? He's laid that foundation very wisely. He says, as a master builder, I've laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon." He says, my job uh, was to come in and plant a church, and when I, how I plant a church is, I build the foundation first. And then he says, you know what? Somebody else comes and builds on top of that. Uh, it doesn't mean you forget the foundation. You know what? <clears throat> Think about this as a building. You know, we have got a, we got a little building problem here in the back. I've got some bids on that by the way that some of us need to get together and discuss. But but uh uh you know <clears throat> they built a foundation many years ago back here for this uh for this lunch room. Uh <clears throat> say, well, I've laid the foundation. I don't ever have to do anything else. The foundation's laid. No, you better take care of the foundation. That means you have to go back and revisit it every now and then. Right. That means you have to go back and pay attention. So, my point being, so, so we've got some work to do back here because there's some foundation problems, right? Got to, got to go in and fix it. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you can't just lay the foundation and just walk off and forget it. Right. Paul laid the found. He says, I laid the foundation. Uh, it doesn't mean that uh, now you build on the foundation and you forget everything about the foundation. Uh, <clears throat> some of y'all want to have some fun on Sunday nights? Uh, watch Building Alaska. Uh, they, 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 got three, they got three crews. They're, all, they're, they're competing to build buildings in Alaska, which is a very harsh place to build stuff in. And these guys are building cabins in the wintertime, starting in the wintertime. Drilling down through the permafrost to start their foundation. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> so they, it was too hard to dig. So they skipped some post. <laughs> then they come back and try to put the post in after they've already got the foundation kind of on very difficult to do, okay? Uh, so, so there's possibility there's a weakness in one of the buildings. But anyway, y'all can have fun watching that sometime. Say, so, Brother Charles talked about foundations and told us to watch Building Alaska. <laughs> uh, it, uh, so anyway, so according to the grace of God which is given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed. How he buildeth thereupon. There's there's our take heed for, for 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Take heed how you build on the foundation of Jesus Christ and the foundation of the apostles and what they've laid down and built for us to do. You take heed how you build on it. What you do with it. How you take care of it, uh, uh, how you manage it, uh, take heed to this. Uh, uh, because and, and, and part of what he's saying in, in all this is the example that he set for us is don't go chasing off and trying to build on the foundation of Apollos. Don't try to build on the foundation of, of, of Paul. Don't try to build on the foundation of Cephas. Build on the foundation of Jesus Christ and go from there. Uh, for he goes on and says, take... Uh, <clears throat> He says, I have laid the foundation, another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay, than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the foundation. In other places in the scripture, you're going to find that Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. Uh, he's called the cornerstone uh, Why is he called the cornerstone? Well, uh, over in the Old Testament They called him the cornerstone uh, Well, uh, that's because uh, uh, The cornerstone is where you start a building You've got, fi- you got to find an anchor point And square your building up from one point point. Uh, and so uh, 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 you, You've got to have a place to start And he says the cornerstone Or the anchor spot Is Jesus Christ uh, so as, as we're thinking about how we build, he says, If any man build thereupon, uh, and he goes on and gives examples, uh, for, for, <coughs> for other foundation can no man lay, which is laid, which is Jesus, is Jesus Christ. And now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every what man's work shall be made manifest. He says, "Now, what what you do with this foundation and how you build on it, it's going to it's going to show itself over time, uh, uh, whether or not it'll stand." I've I've seen I've seen this. There's some buildings that are well. Let's just you know this is pagan pagan buildings okay but uh let's use some pagan building examples and some other examples that we might can think of uh there's places uh, uh over in uh over in uh over in greece uh athens and various places there are buildings that were built over two thousand years ago that's probably the best way for me to say it the Parth- parthenon and all those things during the height of the greek culture twenty five hundred years ago maybe something like that uh they were built and there, a lot of, a good portion of those things are still standing. The ones that aren't standing are the ones that either rocked by an earthquake or whatever or by a volcano, uh, and nobody went back and repaired what was torn down. They just said, well, okay, it's torn down. Uh, so they didn't do any repair work on it. But a good portion of the foundation of those places are still standing. Why? Uh, the pyramids in Egypt, still standing. Why? Because they were well built, they had a good design, they had a good foundation to build upon, uh, and they've been taken care of. Now, I can go around this town and I can show you houses that are probably 50 years old that are falling in. Because they've been abandoned, Uh, people didn't use good material, or the material they did use was very applicable to uh, to, uh, decay and, and fading away with time, right? So, the kind of material you use will determine how long it's going to stand. Uh, now, nobody, most of us building a house is not worried about the house standing for the next thousand years, okay? Uh, we're just trying to live a life, build a house, get through the, the life that we have. Maybe it passes on to somebody else. Maybe it doesn't. But you know what? If it serves us and we take care of it for our lifetime, probably a good deal, right? Uh, but uh, he's talking about more than that. He's talking about the very life that we have, the spiritual life that we have, and the foundation that we have, which is Jesus Christ. Now he says, If any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work. Of what sort it is. So he begins to tell us what's going to happen. And and you can get a picture. Go back and imagine. uh, If I turn back over. Maybe I will just real quickly. You know. Turn back over to the 7th chapter of the book of Matthew. And you find there at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount. What was Jesus Christ's admonition to those people? Let's read it real quickly. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him to a wise man. Oh. You mean you actually got to do something with what Jesus Christ says to be considered a wise man? Yes. I, he says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him to a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock And it obviously had some good material built on top of the rock, okay? He didn't just throw something up there willy-nilly. It's actually good stuff built on the rock. Uh, And everyone that heareth the sayings of mine and doeth them not, I will liken him unto, unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it." Why? Because they didn't build on the right foundation. They didn't get their they didn't get their things anchored in a good place. Uh, you know you can see that. I, I think I may have mentioned this back several months ago, uh, and I may have to have some of y'all. And not that it matters to get the name of the place exactly right, but the beach down there, just to the south uh, south and east of Panama City, Mexico Beach. Thank you, Mexico Beach. They showed some pictures after the hurricane hit Mexico Beach, and of course there's. Pretty much, much of nothing left down there. But there was this one place where the guy had built his, had, had, had put his foundation down uh, real deep. And not only did he do that, he used uh, metal cords. Uh, Tie wire, if you want to call it that, but think big think big stuff, not just some think maybe like guy wire uh out here off of He'd use guy wire to strap across the uh the post and the and the wood that he'd put down and and wrapped his house with some of that and it was still standing while everything else over here, over there, over yonder was gone. This guy's house was still there. Now, damaged, of course, windows gone, things broke out, but the basic frame of the house was still there. He built it on a he bought it he built it on a superior foundation. In fact, he told people later. He says, "I designed it for a 250 mile an hour wind." That's what he designed it for. Uh, so he had built it. He knew what he was doing. He knew that eventually a storm was going to come, so he wanted to have it built right. Okay, well. Think about this, uh, and so so we go back. We go back to First Corinthians chapter three. Uh, I've got news for you. Not really. Not this is really not a news flash. Uh, but I've got news for you. There's going to be a storm come in your life. Uh, the storm takes all kinds of forms. The storm. The storm may be may be trouble with your children. Could be. Could be trouble with your maybe your spouse has cancer maybe it's a death in the family that's untimely unexpected there's going to be a fire first corinthians chapter 3 fire okay matthew chapter 7 storm okay same thing okay there's going to be something come along that's going to try to destroy you <laughs> sometimes it's going to be a fire sometimes it's going to be a storm but it's going to come along and try to rock your life uh, and sometimes Satan brings storms into our life Sometimes he tempts you And sometimes he tempts me And causes trouble in my life personally But Paul says here in, in 1 Corinthians 3 There's no other foundation that you can lay That's better spiritually in your life no, no other foundation that you can lay That's better than Jesus Christ our Lord And he says every man better be careful how you Take heed how you build on the foundation The foundation's good foundation is perfect (laughs) not to use a phrase of things being perfect but anyway (laughs) so people get that Uh, so the foundation's perfect how do you build on it do you use gold gold may melt but it's still gold gold is purified by the fire Silver's purified by the fire. Uh, gems, uh, jewels, uh, uh, they can go through the fire and still be there. A diamond will still be there. A ruby may still be there. It may get scorched, it may get burnt, but it'll still be there. Wood, hay, stubble, yeah. <laughs> It might, wood might survive, hay might survive, but probably not. Stubble not going to survive very good in the fire of life. So he says need to be careful how you build on the foundation. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. How many times have you seen trouble come into people's lives trials come into people's lives say well and you know this following jesus thing was pretty good but you know look i'm still having trouble well so what did jesus not tell his apostles in this world you shall have tribulation but be of good cheer i've overcome the world trials and troubles and problems are going to come because this world is sin cursed God God cursed it. He, he cursed it with briars and thorns and thistles and death and work and labor and all these things and diseases. God cursed it because of the fall of man in the garden. Troubles and trials are just part of life. It's how you build to expect to face the storm. What do you build on? Jesus Christ is the great foundation. Every man's work is going to be revealed by the fire. So when trouble comes your way, do you survive or you kind of get burned up <laughs> does it does it just wither you down and wear you down or does it make you just even a little bit stronger yeah. fire makes gold even better That's right. it, it you take it you skim off the skim off the draws so off the top it's more pure than it was so it's how you endure the fire and the trials of life and what kind of foundation you're built on I look on this congregation I know my, I, I know y'all I know some of the fires you faced. I know some of the troubles you faced. I know some of the issues you're going through now. I know some of the things you're facing. And I'll tell you the only way you're going to survive the fires and the troubles and the storms and the things you're facing is to be built on a good fa- have a good foundation. You've got that, okay? Christ has given us a good foundation. How are we building on it? Are we, are we becoming more strong in our faith? Are we becoming more strong in our conviction? Are we becoming more strong in our walk? Are we becoming more strong in our determination to follow Him in spite of everything that may face me? Am I stronger to face Him today than I was yesterday? Right. This year, am I stronger than I was last year? If I am, I've got a lot better chance of facing this year's storm because it's going to be another storm, going to be another trial, going to be another problem. I've reached an age where I kind of wish the troubles and the trials and the problems I'm ready to put on cruise control Lord (laughs) and he said so what I'm going to send you another storm another trial another problem anyway and he says we're going to see how you handle this and so he tells us if any man's work shall be burned he shall suffer loss but he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire It may burn up your works, but what's left is what's brilliant what's strong in the Lord. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. You know, maybe time, God may, may, may bring us down to death. He goes over and shows. We did not even got there yet. Uh, but uh, we get over to some of these letter teachings in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He goes over there and he talks about how all the children of Israel came were baptized under the cloud. All of them went through the, were baptized in the sea. All of them came forth and stood before the mountain. But some of them ended up perishing over there. And some of them were swallowed up by the earth. God killed 23,000 one time in a plague because they went out and they chased after the whoredoms of the Midianites and the Moabites. God destroyed them. But they all came through the cloud. They all came through the sea. They all came. I mean, he's, he's laying some work. He's laying some things out for us there, okay? I think. In doing that. So he says. If any man defile the temple of God. Him shall God destroy For the temple of God is holy. Which temple ye are. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you. Seemeth to be wise in this world. Let him become a fool. That he may be wise. Anybody thinks. I, you know, Well I got all this figured out. I'm smart. <laughs> he says. Become a fool. That you might really learn something. Don't be so wise in your own eyes. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written. <clears throat> he taketh the wise in his own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, for they are vain. Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul, or Paulus, or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come. All of this is yours, and ye are Christ, and Christ is God's. He says, you know what? Instead of trying to set yourself up and say, I'm a Bapollos, I'm a Paul, I'm a primitive Baptist, I'm a I'm a what?" A... He says, you know what? All of these things are yours. But you're in Christ. Christ is in God. There's the important part to remember about all of this. Let us set him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let us build. Let us take heed how you build on the foundation that God has given you so that you'll be stronger when the trials come. The next, the next trial comes. <laughs> I, I'd like to say, I'd love, to, I'd love to stand here and tell you, there's never going to be another trial in your life. But I'll tell you what, I'd be lying. <laughs> it wouldn't be true. There's going to be the next one and the next one and the next one. You know, many of us, one of the very last trials we're going to face... One of the one of the last of the trials we're going to face is we're going to find ourselves weak and decrepit and sick and broken if we live that long. If we don't die of a heart attack, uh, we're going to find ourselves weak and decrepit. And uh, we were at Branson uh, last week. Uh, by the way, it was Veterans Day, Brother Bucky. And Branson has one of the biggest Veterans Day parades in the U.S. Okay, and they honor veterans there all week. They've invite them in, may give them discounts on their shows, and they and they and during the show we attended, they honored them with song and with uh, by having them stand up and be recognized and all this kind of all this was about to, about uh, giving giving honor to those people that had served their time. I'll tell you it was it was a wonderful thing to see uh, and experience while we were there. Well, you and I you and I are veterans, all right. <clears throat> Oh, anyway, so here's the point It's going to make. So, so, you know what I saw? I saw a lot of very honorable men that had served their country well. And you know what? Most of them had a cane. Most of them had a cap. Most of them were humped over. Most of them, I'm, I'm sitting there looking down like, yep, Charles, here we go. That's, that's what's lying in front of us for those of us that have reached a certain age to think about and say, Yep, I live. That's going to be me. There's going to be another trial. There's going to be another trouble, another problem. But you know what? We can face all of that in confidence if we're built. If we've built our lives wisely on the right foundation. May God bless you to take heed how you build thereupon. I trust that some of these things. Uh, it's been. You know when God when God's in the, when God's in it. It's fun to stand up here and talk about God. It's fun to talk about His Word. May God bless you to have fun as we...